0: Maybe your sacred purpose is that you're supposed to be the next Esther Hicks. Maybe your sacred purpose is that you're literally supposed to walk around your neighborhood and make eye contact with people and make them feel more at ease. We all have a place and there is so much room because we all decided that we needed to do different things. And so, and then, right. Then once you can like tap into that purpose, we can get so clear with the mission and and be able to just like allow that to unfold in ways that are miraculous.
1: Your dreams can be your reality. You all, time isn't real. Okay, that is fucking crazy. Spirituality, manifestation, travel, money, entrepreneurship. Welcome to In My Non-Expert Opinion. I'm your host, Chelsea Wright. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for listening. And how's everybody doing? We have what about six weeks left of the year, which is absolutely nuts. I feel like this year has been simultaneously three years and then like two months at the same time. I cannot wrap my head around the fact that it is mid November at all. And the fact that I'm home and celebrating Thanksgiving, which I haven't been able to do in two years, is crazy. I am very excited for all the mashed potatoes and overload on turkey and basically passing out after I eat. I haven't had to do that in two years. I haven't been able to do that in two years. So it's going to be very interesting to be home for Thanksgiving. And I don't know about you guys, but... When I go out in my hometown the night before Thanksgiving, it's a big deal. I feel like that's a thing, right? You see like everybody from high school and college that was in your hometown and it becomes this like, oh my gosh, this person's married now and this person's a different person and this person's, oh my God, they're not the same at all. So that's going to be a very interesting reunion next week when I go out for Thanksgiving. So I'm excited. I'm like, I don't know. I have this like weird nervousness about it for some reason. I think because Thanksgiving is so big in America, like the football and the food and going out. And again, Australia and Germany don't celebrate. So it's just interesting. I haven't been able to do that. So we'll see how that goes. So today's episode is so interesting. I sit down with Andrea Donnelly, who is a celestial mentor, angelic alchemist, quantum sound and energy healer, and the CEO of We Are Here to Remember. She is very in tune with her spirituality and past self and her advice will definitely be useful for you if you're someone that feels like you have... Spiritual gifts, and you don't know how to bring them into the world, or you feel like you want to tap into your spirituality more. I will say, Andrea is so in tune with her spirituality. This is a more esoteric episode. So, that is just kind of a disclaimer. If you're someone that's been wanting to hear more about this type of stuff or get into these specific topics, this will be a great episode for you. We talk about practical steps for doing the work. You know, what does that actually mean? What does the word letting go mean and surrender and leaning in? These are all really vague terms that I always hear in the spiritual industry. And so I asked Andrea to expand on them and what they mean to her. We also talk about being aware of the gifts you were born with and not suppressing them. I actually shared a story in this episode of a clear cognizant slash voyant experience I had. And what's interesting is just two days ago from recording this intro, I went to another mediumship development circle And I'm telling you all, I haven't done anything with that side of myself in probably a year. The last time I took a spiritual development course and the story that I referenced in this podcast was from a year ago. So I haven't been like practicing or doing anything. I've just really been mindful, to be honest. And so I did this mediumship development circle on Monday and I almost... Exited out of the Zoom because I was like, I'm not supposed to be here. I do not have these gifts. This is not for me. And then we did a practice exercise with a partner and we were just supposed to basically write down what we were feeling. You know, could we pick up anything about where they were living or their job or their family or anything? And I thought I was making shit up. Like that's what it feels like. By the end of the five minute practice, the woman was smiling from ear to ear and was like, oh my gosh, you totally nailed it. Like, yes, I am a teacher, which is something that I said. I kept seeing like the library and Beauty and the Beast and all these things. And she's like, oh, my son was the lead in Beauty and the Beast. And yeah, I grew up basically studying in a library because that was my whole family was in academia. And I'm like, this is so weird because I don't know how to explain it. I don't feel anything. I don't like see a ghost or, you know, get a, get a whiff of a smell or anything. For me, it's like this kind of seeing in my mind's eye and then feeling it, which is basically what claircognizant and voyant are. And so this is the stuff I'm talking about. Like to me, I don't feel like I'm psychic or I wouldn't promote myself as like someone that's clairvoyant or claircognizant. However, every time I practice and do it, It seems to be a a pretty strong muscle that I have. So I talked with Andrea about this. Like, how can we stop suppressing our gifts and not being so scared of them? And also, how do you deal with spiritual skepticism? That's a really big thing, right? Spirituality is something that we rarely see backed by hardcore analytics and data and science, which as humans, we need evidence to to make sense of things. So sometimes when we talk about spirituality, there's a lot of skeptics out there. A lot of people that are like, that's not real. You're making it up. That's your imagination. So we discussed that as well as ancestral trauma and finding your sacred purpose. Andrea has such an interesting view on it. And if you've been struggling with your life's purpose or feeling a bit lost or like you don't know what you're really here to do, then you definitely want to hear her take on this. She's also someone I would absolutely consider a creative rebel. She's not scared of what people say. She is sharing her gifts. She's doing it her own way. And I am so excited for you to hear more from her. So if you haven't heard, by the way, Creative Rebel starts on November 30th. And this is an eight-week intimate group sisterhood experience where eight women and I are going to explore self-expression as well as focusing on our creations, gifts, and talents within the community. So the topics that we're going to be covering include owning your own flavor of creativity. So if you're someone that's like, I'm a better singer than I am a writer, or I love painting, or I love whatever the case is, let's own that. You know, you don't need to hide that. Maybe you went to medical school, but you can sing really well. Okay, well, let's talk about owning that gift and really making that your flavor of creativity. We'll also be talking about archetype embodiment, how to create your own set of characters to try on and use them as protection. So basically kind of like choosing your own video game character in real life, we're going to create those for ourselves. Nervous system regulation and training yourself to expand and hold more power because I don't believe that quantum leaps are sustainable if you don't prepare for it. You need to understand how your nervous system works and how you can work on expanding it. That's a big piece of this mastermind. We'll also be discovering the secrets of your birth chart, which is going to be incredible. So, for example, when I got my birth chart read, it shows that I'm really good at taking big ideas and making them digestible and practical. And I was like, that actually feels very spot on for me. I feel like that's why I'm great at podcast coaching, because I can see the person's big idea and then I can help them map it out to actually launch their podcast. So, that's kind of a gift from my birth chart that has really been illuminated to me. And I'm bringing in an astrologer to help you uncover those as well. Boundaries are also being discussed, how to set them, why they're needed, and practicing implementing them. Vision casting to get into the feeling of your big vision and mapping out how to actually get there. Voice activation. So this means practicing using your voice to connect, initiate, and share. A lot of us have ideas, but we never share them. We don't pitch them. We don't brainstorm. We don't talk about them out loud. We don't promote them. So there's going to be a whole entire session dedicated to voice activation writing and spellcasting intentionally. We're going to be discussing language and how this holds such a high frequency and how to reroute your words to support your highest vision. And then of course, play and pleasure. Why these should be parts of your daily routine? Because I mean, simply put, having fun and playing around always makes things more fun and is very easy to just watch your life shift when you have more fun. My hope with this mastermind is that during the time together, you can work on something fun or exciting that tests your creative muscle to see where your imagination takes you. So this does not need to be a business or anything that you want to monetize. It could just be an essay or a piece of poetry or a graphic or a piece of jewelry, just something to play with. So when I say test your creative muscle, I'm going to be giving you a lot of prompts that will ignite your imagination throughout this course. So, you know, what would you do if money were not an object? What would you create if you knew there were no limits to what you could create? What would you say if you weren't scared of criticism? These are questions that we're really exploring and trying to expand on within the mastermind. And the goal is to take baby steps to start seeing some of these ideas and creations come to life. So by the end, I really hope that you feel a sense of deep confidence and clarity and direction, and that your creations are put out into the world. So whether that is just naming your podcast and having an idea about it, or a painting or a card deck, nothing is off limits. I want you to create and play and expand and truly just rebel against your inner critic and what society has to say, because I do think the world needs your gifts. So if this is something that you've been wanting to do, or it sounds very interesting to you, you can check out the link in my show notes to register. There are three different payment options. And again, we get started November 30th. There's only seven spots open. So make sure if you want to take part in this round, you enroll by November 29th, because we get started the next day. And lastly, speaking of nervous system regulation... You all know that open is an app that I'm obsessed with and they are the official sponsor of the podcast this month. So what is open and why do I always talk about it and post about it? It's a mindfulness studio offering experiences that combine breathwork, meditation, yoga, Pilates, and more to support transformation and personal development. They launched in 2020 and they set out to build an ecosystem to meet people where they're at anywhere, anytime on or offline. Their approach bridges ancient wisdom and modern science, guided by expert teachers and supported by proprietary technology. Their technology is incredible, you all. Their classes are designed to engage the senses and regulate the nervous system. Ding, 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 my favorite thing. And to effectively reach a meditative state that many find elusive. The breathwork techniques are woven into each experience to strengthen the mind and body connection through medical and physical training. I've been using them for months and I actually interviewed members of their team and I have the founder coming on soon. And I, that's how obsessed I am. I don't just interview people just to interview them. It's because I'm so fascinated in where this idea came from and how they really understood what people needed. So if you've been wanting to try it, you actually can for 30 freaking days for free, just checking out the link in my show notes. Some of my favorites are the Unwinding Road Sleep Meditation by Minaj or the Daily PM one by Mel M. And they have ones for before meetings to help guide you through journaling. There's truly something for everyone. I'm sure you will find either a breathwork or movement or meditation practice in this app that will suit your needs. So again, check out the link in my show notes or in my Instagram bio to try 30 days free. All right, without further ado, let's jump into this week's episode with Andrea Donnelly. Okay, everyone. I am joined by celestial mentor, angelic alchemist, quantum sound and energy healer, and CEO of We Are Here to Remember, LLC, Andrea Donnelly. Welcome to the show.
0: Oh, thank you so much. I am so honored and excited to be here. Um, It is a gorgeous night where I am in the world right now. It feels like a very fortuitous time for us to be doing this.
1: Oh, I'm so excited. I feel like Sometimes my interviews get pushed back or rescheduled. And for some reason, it ends up working out being like just in divine timing. So the fact that you are feeling this energy of the evening where you're from, I feel like this is a good sign that our interview got rescheduled.
0: It did. It did. And it worked out well because you and I both were in points of transition the other times. And so I feel like this really did. There's something really beautiful just in terms of like our own you know, synthesization (laughs) of, of like where we were at the time. And then like now there's something really beautiful about that. And just from the perspective of where I feel like we all are from a planetary perspective, it makes sense also like October is such a perfect time to be doing this.
1: Oh, yeah. I feel like there's a really big kind of like letting go and move forward energy for October, at least for me. How are you feeling about that?
0: Oh, huge. I feel like all of us got shown in September and in, in July and August too, but it really ramped up in September. Like, I feel like it was like having our entire team of guides in the world, the 3D world, like 3D, 4D, 5D, 6 every, all of the realms were knocking at everyone's door being like, it's time to get with the program. And for those of us who are showing up and doing the work. I'm not saying it's easy at all. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) It's not my point in this. But there is a way where it is obvious. And I'm sure you see this with the people that you coach and then people that you just know in general, the people who are showing up and doing the work are still having a hard time because we're alive on this planet. But It's a lot easier. There's a flow behind where those of us who have surrendered, as it were, to spirit, like we really are being taken care of in this way that I was told at the beginning of this year was going to be how it went, essentially. That, like, for those of us who were showing up and doing the work, even when it's messy, even especially when it's not pretty and it's really hard, if you can, like, lean into all of that. To get to the point that we are now, there is this huge opportunity to just let go of all that stuff that got rustled up for months and months and months and months and like handed to us on a platter, as it were, by our teams to be like, you can't carry this where we're going. Like, (laughs) let's get a move on and let it go.
1: Oh, yeah. You said doing the work. And I know a lot of people listening, they hear these phrases like, you know, doing the work and let go and surrender and lean in. And I know when I started my spiritual journey, I was like, I don't know what these things mean. Like, what work? Is there a workbook? Was I, did I miss an assignment? Like, what is happening? So, can you walk us through some ways that you, quote unquote, do the work?
0: Yeah, I would love to do that. So, I am an anomaly in this world of humans. I was born remembering, which is a mixed bag. I certainly, you know, had to come into my own and I've been on a very long, very deep spiritual journey. I started absorbing metaphysical stuff from the time I was a kid. But When I talk about doing the work for me, in some ways, it's really simple at this point. And it doesn't make it easier. Like I still struggle to show up for myself. Actually starting my business helped me to really shift that because for me to hold space for other people, I need to be really present in my own experience. And I cannot abdicate that responsibility. So for me, it's in the morning when I wake up, I use morning loosely, I'm a night owl. But when I wake up, I clear my energy, I ground into the earth, I ask my guides to show me what it is that I need to do over the course of the day for myself and my business. Um, I consciously, very consciously, especially now, and this is really important for your audience and all of us because we're all empaths in so many ways. I make a very clear boundary from the second I wake up that I release everything that's not mine, And I really ground into my own like uh, autonomy and sovereignty. And um, I do some kind of meditation practice every day. I'm really in prayer all the time, just because of like my own personal responsibility. But it's about finding the time to be quiet, whether it's journaling, going on a walk, like, sometimes I need to do movement based stuff. And so for me, that's the thing when I talk about doing the work, what I really mean is, have you found the way that you can get that quiet? Because it's different for all of us. Like sometimes people have this idea that if they're not like, sitting in that traditional, you know, yogic pose of total silence for hours a day that they're that they're missing the memo, as it were, right, what you were talking about, like, did I miss something? Like, how did everybody get the letter about like, how to you know, the step by step about how to do this. And that's interesting, too, because that's one of the big things that comes up a lot with people who come to work with me is that, I'm going to figure out what works for you. You're going to figure out what works for you. I can tell you everything that I've ever done. But what's going to really, really change your life is to figure out maybe it's walking, maybe it's swimming, maybe it's joining an intramural sports league. There are literally a billion ways that we can find that quiet. And it's just about doing the work to figure out what that is and then continuing to like release and, and you know, show up in that way. So that was a very long winded way of <laughs> talking about it. But
1: no, it's helpful because, like you said, there are are multiple ways to do the work. It's not like three steps and you're done or, you know, these five things for me and you have to do the same five things. It really is. We're all different personalities. We grew up in different places. We live in different places. So we're not going to have the same work that someone else might have. I'm actually really curious to go go back in time before your spiritual journey actually started. I know you said you came here remembering things. So do you feel like, there was a moment in time where your spirituality was really heightened? Or did you always just feel like a spiritual being and walk us through that?
0: I when I was around like five years old, so I have memory, I had past life dreams from the time I remember things, which is around like two or three. When I was five, I had a crazy, super profound moment in time, where I was watching a Sesame Street movie, which is called don't eat the pictures. It's about the characters get locked in the Met overnight. Big Bird ends up meeting this 4,000 year old, I think it's 4,000 year old Egyptian boy's soul who's trapped in sort of the karmic loop of of Earth. His parents are in the stars at this point. It was really wild, very metaphysical plot line. Sometimes I also am like, did I make that movie up and I have to Wikipedia it? It it does exist, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not making this up. So I'm watching this, right? And They get to the end of the story and there's a whole thing where they show Big Bird and this young man that essentially the way you move forward is by the scales of justice. They show the heart against the feather and that you need to keep your heart as light as a feather. My guide said to me at that point that I, that was the entire point of my life was that no matter what happened to me, that that is what I had to do was keep my heart as light as a feather. I have always talked with my guides, which I learned pretty young that I, and I was always very deeply tapped into the Akashic field. I could always see crazy things about people, stuff like literally people's like dirtiest secrets and weirdest. Like I had to learn like what I could talk about and what I couldn't talk about. And like, I, I pretty quickly learned that I had access to what amounts to like another language that other people didn't have access to. And I was recently talking, I have a Facebook group called We Are Here to Remember, and I posted something recently about I don't know, something about my gifts and you know how I've always been on this journey. And my aunt, my mom's sister, I didn't know this or didn't remember this, but she said that when I... So this was before my dad passed away when I was three. So this was before then. Um, she used it as like a time marker. She said that I told her one night, so I was like two, that the reason I was always so tired during the day is because at nighttime... All of the people that needed to talk to me, basically, like all, I had a lot of people talking to me in the middle of the night, and then I had to like address those things and work with them in essence. And that was why I basically never slept. And I had insomnia from the time I was a baby. And when she told me that, I was like, that's so crazy. And she actually asked me, my family has like a very long, deep, profound relationship to magic which is obviously complicated by things like colonialism and religion and all of that stuff so there was like a a, a lot of suppression that happened in my lineage like so many of us um, those witch wounds were really big but it was interesting because she she mentioned that publicly in my group she told that story that like from the time I was a baby that I was saying that I was like talking to all these people all the time and that I had to do it at night because like during the daytime I was busy talking to people in 3D you know and so she told me that, and there were all these other crazy things, like I remember once, uh, oh, and and related to that, she um she also brought up like off offline just to me, she said that a family member of ours who I've never met, but like a Relative of ours confirmed for her that, you know, one of my great aunts had like very, very deep psychic gifts. And it's it's very clear in my face. It really runs like there's a reason I chose to incarnate into this lineage, because these gifts, when used in a way that moves with, you know. Alignment as it were are really powerful and really profound. And I my family is hard, but I really appreciate so much about that. You know, that is a really amazing thing that I was born into was this like a capacity to hold space for magic. And it is so funny that I was like telling my aunt as a two year old that I was like talking to all of these people in the middle of the night and I had all this like a job to do basically. That and, and you know, and I certainly don't get me wrong, that does not mean that like i am perfect anyway my ish is still ish oh my god i am so human <laughs> my stuff is ridiculous just like all of our stuff is and i also learned i learned how to meditate in high school and then like basically just completely fell down the rabbit hole and realized i was like oh i've been doing this since i was little actually like i you know anyhow that is that is sort of the beginning slash middle and i have always been a sponge i'm a i have been obsessed with metaphysical stuff especially like everything I could get my hands on books, all of this stuff. Like I've studied herbal medicine and flower essences and like every type of meditation I've read about, like every religion, like there's, a, if I, if there is a way that you can consume information about metaphysical stuff, I have always just been like, give me all of it. Like I want, I want to know and remember everything.
1: Oh, I love that. And what's interesting, too, is you brought up the witch wound and how a lot of these gifts were really suppressed. And I'm starting to realize I think that's the case for a lot of people, especially women, where, you know, we have this almost unexplainable intuition or a a download or an intuitive hit. And we just chalk it up to like coincidence or lucky chance or whatever the case is. So I'm curious when you work with clients, like what are some things that they They come to you with, and do you actually help people out all kind of strengthen these, these things that a lot of us have suppressed?
0: Yeah, I think it's actually one of the the biggest reasons that it does become really important for people to work with me is that when, so I hold a very singular frequency. There are other people who do things that are of like similar magnitude to me, but what I do specifically, no one else on the planet is able to like tap into so many realms simultaneously. And so I move through the quantum field. I am able to move interdimensionally. I'm able to navigate galactic and intergalactic frequencies. I can tap into people's ancestral realms. I have always worked deeply with the earth and the fairies and the animals. So like, I am like this crazy, just like you get everything when you work with me. And the beauty of it is that I can also really see what a person's truest, brightest gift is. And I can time travel because I am my guides call me a time weaver. And what I can, I can basically like see your, your clarity. Your highest potential. And then I'm able to also see from there. So I am getting (laughs) getting to your question, which is that then from there, I'm able to really easily see like, what will help people peel those layers back and like what will move in sync with their rhythm and helping them find that quiet spot for themselves. So because when you do that, like my work is so it's so intangible in so many ways. But the 3D results of it are fucking crazy. Like people come to me and I had a client she was doing so well for herself to begin with, but you know, wanted to start manifesting 100k months and she had been at about 50 within just not even a long window of time. We started working with each other over the winter. My her guides were like, she's going to hit this in June or July. In July, she hit like ninety nine thousand seven hundred like I was just like, This is crazy. Like people feel sometimes people are nervous to, you know, start this journey with me because they're like, What are you gonna actually do for me? And I'm like, I'm gonna make it so that you get out of your own way in the most profound way possible because I have a mainline to the divine and then when you're near me, people are able to remember that all this stuff is real. And I will be honest with you, Chelsea. I have been hearing seeing getting daily acknowledgement of the fact that all of this stuff is real since i have memories and i am still like did that really just happen (laughs) like like my level of skepticism continues in spite of the like absurd parade of magic that follows me around and as always even when times were terrible i'm still like hmm Thank you for giving my me my billionth like clarification that all of this is real. But I get it. Like that's all just to say that even though I have this profound connection to spirit, we do have to suspend belief in a lot of ways to live in a human form. But we can't do that anymore because of how the earth has shifted. So it's like really urgent. You and I were talking about this before, just that sense of urgency, like it's we can no longer abdicate our responsibility from a spiritual perspective. Like we can do that, and that's a choice to make. But the people who are doing that are going to really struggle in ways that are going to be hard for all of us who are empathic to be able to watch. But the thing is, too that's their soul's journey. And one of the things I've had to really step into for myself as like a leader is to be like, it's not my responsibility to fix things for people. They need to really like show up and turn themselves into a contender to be able, like, I can't, you know, Micromanage the planet (laughs) into ascension. What I can do is hold space for the people who come and find me, who I made these soul contracts with, who I said, "Listen, I will help you remember." And it is funny because people will just literally hear my voice and be like, "Oh, I need to work with you." Like I don't really get what you do, but like I think that you have something for me. And then six months later, their entire life has changed. They have started a business. They have moved. They are in different like. It's just like like I. really help people to step into alignment and then it all falls into place. I, I really love what you said about
1: the skepticism part, because that is what so many of us deal with too. We're like, okay, you know, there's a meme. It's like, show me a sign. And then the universe shows you a sign. It's like, show me a sign of your sign. And I'm like, that is so true. It's like how many confirmations and pieces of validation could we possibly need? But to this day like you said I'm still shocked sometimes at how quickly a manifestation come through or how big it was or how easy it was and it's like well yeah of course it is because it's always been like this it's like we almost choose to make it hard or we have to struggle or we want to struggle and I'm curious this kind of brings me to a question around ancestors because you brought that up ancestral trauma is just something I recently started diving into in the last maybe six to 12 months and I'm curious. Like, can we just dive into this topic for a second of what is ancestral trauma? How can we connect to our ancestors? And like, what ways do we know if it's affecting us or
0: not? It is affecting every one of us in so many ways. There's literally no one alive who is not being affected by it right now. I am obsessed with it. It has been something that I have been like feeling into from a personal perspective. I incarnated to transmute a huge amount of trauma in my own genetic line. A lot of the patterns, you can see it very easily. If you even take a step back and you look at things like... um like mental health history in families, right? People tend to have the same kinds of things happen. Like in my own family, PTSD, anxiety, depression, those were big ones that just impacted people generationally. And because of the environment that my family was raised in, it was not It was not talked about, you know, my great grandfather on my mom's side came here from the Aran Islands. He left Ireland when he was 14 by himself. He walked across, he, he, oh God, the way that we're still stuck in some of these same horrible patterns, like literally makes me cry when I think about this story, because when he was a kid, right, he was a tween. He had to talk a fisherman on Inishmore, which is the island he was from in Aran, have them bring him to the mainland. He walked across Ireland. He got on a boat that was bound for New York. Everyone on the boat got sick. It was a disaster. It took months longer than it should have. They were supposed to land in New York. They ended up in New Bedford. Oh, it was really crazy. A mother lost her life over, during the voyage. It was just a whole thing. He was a kid. And when you think about it now with like the refugee crises that we have, it's like, come on, guys. like This shit should not still be happening. Like and but the thing too is that we don't there are some ways that we acknowledge collectively that trauma is real, but there are other ways that we don't and that we don't want to have to look at it and we don't have to wanna meet it because to really feel into how bad, how bad that pain is. We know from a scientific perspective, it's been confirmed in mice that mice inherit things epigenetically going back thirteen generations. Now Science has not confirmed this in humans yet, but I, I, w- I feel comfortable from a personal perspective, since we're nearly genetically identical to all life on this planet, saying that if it's true for mice, that's probably not the like fractional difference, right? Is that, oh, that's the one thing that's different about humans and mice. Like, no, that's true in humans too. And so that's a big part of it. And that's like, one of the things that I can do is that I can feel into the trauma that people have. It's sometimes really a lot because I will end up like sobbing during sessions because I am like literally feeling what that person is feeling like. It's a crazy thing to experience. And I've always been able to like feel those things um and we are carrying around one of my friends and I likened it to like a bag of rocks you know we've all got this bag of emotional rocks that we're carrying around a lot of it is not even ours and that once you can admit like oh I've got all this ancestral trauma it affects everything that I do Oh, I've got to start like getting into the muck of that, so that I'm not like living stuff that's not even mine, right? We have enough of our own bullshit. <laughs> we don't need to be carrying around like our great, 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 great aunts' <laughs> like stuff too, you know. So it feels very, or again, to use that word urgent, like it's time because it's gonna make, lighten your load so much. If you can, if you can bid all of that adieu, you can say like, "Thank you so much, my ancestors. I love you." I'm so honored by what you were able to do and the work that you had to move through to get me here today. And I also release everything that's not mine. It's like a simple way to just start to like move through that energy. You're not releasing the things that are meant for you. You're not releasing, you know, the beauty and the the good parts that you the good parts of an inheritance. But what you are doing is, is letting go of the stuff that is not yours. It does not serve you. And then that makes so much room. So how would one even go about Finding
1: out with who their ancestors were or getting in touch with them, because I feel like that's the place I'm at where I'm like, maybe I don't need to know their exact names or anything. But I just feel like when I say ancestors, it's almost this like ambiguous group of people and I want to feel more connected to them. So like what would be maybe one to three things that you would suggest for someone that's looking to really dive into this work?
0: I think that asking, like sitting in meditation, whatever your quiet space is, and literally just saying, like, you know, I know you're with me, ancestors, I appreciate so much that you have always been with me. And I would love to just be able to like see or hear or feel more of you. And I think a big part of understanding and being able to hear the messages is also aligning into how you personally get the information, right? Some of us get things through sound, some of us see things, some of us feel things. A lot of times people are comparing their own experience to other people. And they're like, Oh, well, you know, some a lot of times clients will be like, I want to be able to do what you do. And I'm like, you're going to be able to do what you do which is so fucking awesome and cool. But I think that like pattern of comparing ourselves, like we get stuck in a mode of being like, well, I listened to 400 episodes of someone's podcast. And she says that this is the way that she experiences information. Oh, that's not what happens when I go into the Akashic Records or when I do my healing or like whatever. You know what I mean? Like whatever the things are. And then we compare ourselves to other people instead of just being like, I'm gonna figure out what it feels like when I get those messages from spirit. And so I would say those two things. And then the third is to is to get help. Someone like me, I do the, I do celestial soul retrievals with people where we call home all of your family. And it's wild to see galactic earth ancestors, star people, fairies, all of this stuff, angelic, like all of these different lifetimes that people have come through. And so whether it's working with me or working with somebody else, I think that this is definitely a time where we're really realizing that a lot of the ways that we have depended on 3D are not helpful to us, right? So people are like, Oh, I would never spend money on not everyone I realize, but a lot of people are like, "Oh, I would never spend money to like help get my spirit clean and like in alignment. And it's like you would spend money on a million clownish things, myself included. And one of the things that I really had to do personally to like up level to be able to hold the kind of space I need to for my clients is I had to do a lot of really crazy work. Like one thing that I've noticed, and I'm sure you see this in the coaching world and in the spiritual space is that the people who are making huge quantum leaps are shelling out money and time and really showing up for themselves in ways that my clients that, you know, clients slash people who reach out to me that are like, Oh, that's a lot like people will often come to me and be like, I would love to work with you. But like, you know, Oh, I can't afford it. And I get it. I'm not knocking that that's a real thing. I have lived through some really crazy hard times. And I also know that if we want to experience something there needs to be a tangible exchange of energy. And I think that that's one of the things that we're really starting to learn is we've been told the economy is just this physical thing. The economy is a lot deeper than that. Money is a tangible way of exchanging energy and helping to like create a balance as it were karmic balance in an exchange. But it's really time for people to step up for themselves and to start doing the work and having people who are at that place guide them into something bigger and not being afraid to take that leap like my guides have been saying it for months and months and months they're like (laughs) you are your rainy day fund so that i think that's another like big part of this right and i'm sure you see it with like the people you work with is the people who take those risks who take those leaps the people who don't are inevitably in the same place they were six months later a year later. Like if you're not, cause it's not about the money, it's about the change. And people say that it's about a one thing, but then it is actually about this like much bigger thing, which I've been there before. Again, I get it, but there are ways that when you can't, you can't show up for yourself in a certain way. It's because you can't show up for yourself in a certain way. So you need to figure out how to shift that. So I, I'm so, I'm so like, so long, <laughs> windy with some of the stuff. And I started like, I feel like some of that answer that I just gave you was channeled. Cause I'm like, what did I even <laughs> just say? That was very long. That's like a telltale sign that like, there was another, there was like, my guides were at the wheel where I'm like, what did I even just talk about? Oh my God. It was
1: so helpful. And I think, I think what you're saying too, is and this is how I feel when I'm going through a transition, sometimes it's like, I know what I need to do or I like feel that next step, but I just need more validation or clarity or guidance. And it's like, I only have capacity to hold a certain amount of information or energy or whatever the case is. And I need somebody like a guide or a mentor or a coach or whoever it is, to show me that spiritual element or that validation or even a, a channeled message of like, this is what's coming through. This is what I feel like you need to do. And it just gives you that almost faith and confidence of like, okay, I can take the next step. I can go do the move. I can hire this person, whatever the case is. And I feel like that's... I always really tap into spiritual guidance when i'm going through a transition but i really would love to start incorporating it more in my day-to-day i was actually just talking to a client who she actually has some like medium and psychic capabilities and we were just chit-chatting and out of nowhere she was like hold on i'm hearing a lot of things right now and i feel like it's not mine and i'm getting a message for you and it's it's like a woman's voice saying not your failure not your failure like and i was like oh my god And she's like, you need to do some forgiveness work. And I'm like, wow, this is really weird. I've been thinking about forgiveness work and how I feel like I've been failing lately. And by the way, I don't talk to this client often. This was like a one-off session. And just hearing her say that, she was like, your ancestors are like waiting to help you. And you're just like ignoring them and not speaking to them. And I'm like, I know I need to make it more of a daily practice. And I can see you're laughing too. Of Like, how can we make this more of a daily practice?
0: All of our guides are like Oh, with there there's a to, to draw on a meme again. There's like a meme that I is so funny, which shows a picture of like a Disney princess like laying down in the forest with like her head down and looking tragic and like having such a hard time, and then you know all of the like little animals around and like the spirit guides like watching us try to navigate like the advice that we've been given and then like us being like oh we're gonna do some doinky thing instead <laughs> totally ignore. Excellent advice that we're all receiving all the time, and right. part of it is, part of it is the trust, part of it is the showing up, part of it is a big, you know, there's um, a lot of I do all kinds of different stuff. I learned when I was a young woman, I learned how to do. Um, first, I learned Jon Kabat-Zinn's meditation style at a pilot program to manage anxiety as a high school student, and then I learned um, and Melchizedek's flower of life meditation. Both of them are like very amazing. Um, Drunvalo's meditation style involved breath work. There are all of these ways where we can, like, basically make the room for, you know, movement, breath work, meditation. There are all of these ways. Journaling, you know, I have some really great, like, a lot of times when I work with clients, their guides will give me really hyper specific, like, journal prompts for them. And when I say journaling, like, you can literally write it down. That can be super duper helpful. It can also, maybe you're a person like, I have. Have dyslexia. It can be hard for me to write things sometimes. You know, maybe writing doesn't work for you. Maybe it works to do, like, uh, get the journal prompt, do some voice noting or something like that. There are all kinds of different ways. But I feel like the thing about right now is like finding the ways to get the stuff out. Because when we can move all of that muck, whether it's our stuff or our ancestors, the space we make when we move through all of that is the space that allows us to hear those messages from the ancestors. So it's like it's a, a sneaky thing where like, really you have to be doing the work because you need to be letting go of all of the muck. And again, you know what, that, I also want to be very clear. Like someone said a couple of months to me, uh, said to me a few months ago that one of my greatest gifts is I don't spiritually bypass. Like I have an exceptional spiritual IQ. This has been proven uh, hel- hilariously by science by a neo NEO. Do you, I don't know if you've heard of a neo assessment, but I've got a crazy spiritual IQ, but I still have to like do that work show up for myself and stay clear so that I can continue to hear those messages because when we're not feeling the feelings, when we're not, when we, like, I feel like the thing about spiritual bypassing also is that I get it. There's a desire to just be like, everything is light and love and amazing, but that's not what being a person is like. Being a person is a fucking train wreck. (laughs) It's really, really (laughs) hard. It's hard in ways That when we're in spirit, right, we're like, oh, we've got this. I'm going to like, oh, I'll add in, you know, if you're me, I'll add in a fourth car accident. I'll add in a this and a that. I'll add in, no, I have got this. I've got this, you know. And then you get into human form and you're like, I have got nothing, (laughs) And I, and I feel like that, you know, for me and my, and that like silliness, that lightness, that sense of like, I help people heal their biggest traumas, but I also am very silly. I'm very light. And it just helps to balance it because it is, there is a lot of muck. Even if you were born into a perfect family, you're still gonna, you're still gonna have stuff happening like uh, fall off your bicycle was like things like that. Like you're still, there's still going to be trauma that you experience. And I feel like that's the big thing for all of us too, right now is being like, no matter how much privilege a person has, being a human is very complicated. And while we do need to acknowledge our privileges, we also need to really be okay saying it is very hard to be here. And it is a lot of work. And sometimes it feels like too much and that's also okay. And that's where we can like help each other too. I think another thing really right now, you know, especially from the ancestral stuff is like finding your people. You know, like how like I just can see I was spiritually lonely for such a long time. And then in 2020, I started to really like find my soul family in this really big way. And that helps, too, because you're you know, you're able to be like, oh, that person is having a really profound spiritual experience and they are also a human Mm-hmm. I'm reading
1: this book right now. It's kind of like a workbook called The Calm Workbook. And basically the first 30 pages so far are about accepting that life is a collective hardship. Like there is always suffering. There is always failure. There are always disappointments. And I think because of social media, to be honest, a lot of us have started to live in this distorted reality of like, oh, I'm not allowed to be sad because I have a good job. I'm not I'm not allowed to grieve because I have a, a roof over my head. Like we make up all these weird rules of like what we're allowed to feel and what we should feel based, like you said, on our privileges, when in reality, it's like we've all experienced trauma. We all have experienced extreme hardship. We all have experienced suffering. But because of the highlight reels that we're seeing, we just assume everybody is like in this other wavelength of happiness and joy and light and love 24-7. And I can see this with my clients. They're just like, I feel behind. I feel like I'm not on the right path. I feel like I'm not living in my soul's purpose. And I know that some work that you do is like finding... Or excuse me, helping people find their soul's mission and purpose. So can you talk about that a little bit? And like, what is the difference between the mission and purpose and how you help people find out what that actually is?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I, I feel like, um, Purpose to me feels more conceptual, like you were born to spread joy, you were born to be, you know, a court jester, you were born to like, whatever, lighten people's load, like there's this way that it's like very poetic and, and is about, um, like a greater experience. And then the mission itself is about how you take that purpose and you actually channel it into something tangible, right? You know, like I have these amazing spiritual gifts and then what do I do with them? I started my, I started my business last year and that was for me the way that I was able to like transition into my mission as it were. And my purpose is to just like help people remember how much beauty exists and that even when when things seem impossible, especially when things seem impossible, that there is still always so much beauty on the flip side of, of the pain that we experience. And so to me, it's so fun and so dynamic to like work with clients and be able to experience just the enormity, the wild Beauty and just like what an incredible tapestry of light all of us are. Like, we incarnated everyone alive, everyone listening to this podcast, everyone who's in your audience, like, came here to do something something big and beautiful and substantive and like, have a real impact. And so I think that that is like when you can take the purpose, and you can take the mission and you can start to see with greater clarity, like, oh, there is this thing about me that I have always known was very different because we all have the thing that and I think that's like, isn't that an interesting sort of human learning curve is that I know it was it took me time to realize that the things I was good at, that everybody wasn't also good at those same things. Um, And so I think that that's like a big part of it is like, well, what, what do you really love? What lights you up? What is your like truest? What is the thing that gets you up in the morning? Because even if you have trouble putting it into words, even if you have trouble admitting what's really special about you, someone in there knows that you have a really sacred purpose And maybe your sacred purpose is that you're supposed to be the next Esther Hicks. Maybe your sacred purpose is that you're literally supposed to walk around your neighborhood and make eye contact with people and make them feel more at ease. We all have a place and there is so much room because we all decided that we needed to do different things. And so and then right then once you can like tap into that purpose, we can get so clear with the mission and and be able to just like allow that to unfold in ways that are miraculous.
1: I love that. I th- I love that you gave the walking around the neighborhood example because I have seen this, especially from traveling now for the last two years. This is very apparent in North America and the United States that if you're looking for your purpose, you're really looking for your job or career. And I think people are missing the point that purpose is not always tied to the skills that you're going to monetize for the rest of your life or the job title or the status of wherever you're at in the workplace. And I'm curious with your work and who you help is that what people are coming to you with? Like, what should I do? What should I be making money as like, you know, I'm not on the right path because I'm not making a million dollars a year. And how can you guide them to be like, okay, there's one way you can do this, but here's other ways. Does that make
0: sense? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think one thing that's so like, for me, that's really cool is that because I can see what people like I, because I can see what someone has the capacity to create in their wildest dreams it also helps me to be able to be like you i bet like this is one thing that's interesting about this is that whenever i start to really probe and like pull you know pull it out of people and say like this is what i'm seeing you're really really good at like this is what i can like feel into your gifts people are like oh yeah I did always know that about myself even if I could never admit it until this minute. Like that's the thing too is that all of this work that like I'm doing with people to help unveil that and to help people realize like yeah maybe some people some of us are going to end up like being millionaires for what we do but there are a lot of people who don't even want that you know i have always been a weirdo like i was always like a fame obsessed hermit if that makes (laughs) it very strange two very very strange things i was jealous of raffi as a child if you were familiar with the whale troubadour of uh baby beluga fame anyway (laughs) i i like I was, I tried to talk my hippie mother into letting me um, be in a beauty pageant when I was in elementary school. I was ridiculous, ridiculous, but I was also obviously painfully shy and <laughs> suffered from anxiety. So, I have had to really for myself do a lot of work to step into that purpose to step into the mission in greater ways. And that is one of the things is like once there's something really soothing about working with me, because people start to realize that like, I am showing them what they've always known, I'm not telling them anything they didn't know. And it makes people feel a lot more grounded and secure being able to then be like, all right, I don't think that the thing I'm doing right now is actually in alignment with that. Like that's what almost every one of my clients is actually an entrepreneur, whether no matter where they are at the journey, a lot of them end up having their own like very sacred, very profound healing modalities. But there are also a lot of people who, you know, I work with clients who are not entrepreneurs, who are in like different capacities And it really is just about like owning the stuff that you're really good at and not not again, it goes back to the comparison thing. I feel like that's the real it's the thing you were talking about with social media, right? We're like, we're like, oh, that person's life is so perfect and da, 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 da. And like, I talk about how messy things are for me in a way that sometimes I make people nervous. (laughs) Like, like I will like I moved last week. You you knew this. But I moved last week and I was a mess. I was having a real time of it. I was also having a beautiful time. I won five hundred dollars in a raffle. I went on a whale watch, but it was also one of the most stressful weeks of my life. And sometimes like people will be like, Oh, you know, I'm worried about you. Are you okay? And I'm like, I'm not I don't share when things are hard so that I make people nervous. I share them so that everybody will remember that we've all got our ish. Mm -hmm. And that it's okay to talk about it when things are not going well. Because that's another thing we've all been taught to just keep it, keep it down. Don't you know, what was it my grandmother used to say that my great grandfather had a saying, which is like, everyone was on a need to know basis, and nobody needed to know anything. Most of us were not taught to share the hard things, share the grief. And that when you don't move through it, It makes it impossible to step into your person, purpose, or mission, and you end up chronically ill. You end up with both physical and mental imbalances, like the ramifications of not owning what your soul really desires versus what you've been told in 3D. You know, I I turned 42 this year. My life is not anything like what the typical narrative should be there's it's never been like that and so there is this way to that comparison is really hard and it's very sticky and very dangerous and it's like what we're really as a planet moving away from and just owning like this is this is who i am
1: yeah here it was, is
0: you know yeah
1: i've been really opening up on my podcast and email list and to the point where people are you know writing back like thank you for being vulnerable and to your point i'm like i'm not really sharing this So that you are being sympathetic towards me or, you know, trying to push you into working with me for whatever reason, whatever reasons I make up in my head of what people are thinking about it. The point is that I'm like, I feel like I'm just saying what we're all feeling, but we're all too scared to say because we think someone's going to judge us, we're going to lose clients, my mom is going to hear this and she's not going to want to talk to me, whatever the case is, right? And so lately, the last three months, I've been like kind of pushing the boundary with like, I'm going to open up about this thing on my email, I'm going to say this on the podcast And what's interesting is I actually am processing more like it doesn't feel as heavy. And I think it's because I'm letting it out. Like you said, it's literally coming out of my body through my words and my writing. So it's not just sitting in my body and like hurting me anymore. So it's been a really interesting experiment.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's so beautiful. And it does. It really, it really helps other people to be able to be like, wow. I feel that way, too. When someone sees you on social media, right? They may not even realize like you're so you are super beautiful. You look really put together. You're like, I think it's actually really important for people to share this stuff and to be able to make themselves vulnerable, so that other people can just be like, ah, oh, okay, ooh, I like, ooh, I you know had created this narrative that X, Y, and Z, and I see it with clients where they compare themselves to other people, and I'm like do not do that. You are your own special star.
1: Yes. Oh, thank you for pointing that out. I think one of my clients today just messaged me and was like, I feel so much overwhelmed from social media. I feel anxious. I feel like intense. And I was like, delete it. Like, what are we just delete it? And she deleted it. And she was like, Oh my God, I feel like a wave of extreme relief. And I'm like, You don't have to be on these platforms and especially you don't have to be on it if you know this is the source causing you pain in comparison. Take a break, get back on when you want to, but there's this weird like unwritten rule that you have to be on Instagram or you're going to be like forgotten about. And I really want to start shifting that narrative of like, We can get off Instagram if we want. You're allowed to open up on Instagram. You're allowed to share about your anxiety or depression or your breakup or whatever it is, because that's the real stuff. Like we all want more of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We all want more of that. And we've been taught from the time that we were small, most of us, especially in, uh, you know, a place like where i grew up in north america we are taught from the time we're little we have to look outside of ourselves for everything to the religion to the schools to the elders to the parents to the what and i'm not i'm not dismissing that like our elders are very important source of information but there's another way or because we've always been taught to look outside of ourselves, it creates this weird ripple effect. And then not only are you always looking outside yourself for all of the answers, but you are then like as part of that same logic train or loop, as it were, you are then comparing yourself to everybody around you. And it's just this like horrible Horrible, vicious cycle of, of always feeling like the answers are somewhere else, when really the answers are all here. They're oh, all always. inside of your own heart. They're all inside of yourself. You are the one who knows your own your own vibrancy and creativity and love. And when you're in this constant cycle of like looking outside of yourself and feeling like, you know, you need approval from X, Y, and Z, you know, we need our like whomever to give us the go ahead on this, our spouse, our parents, our siblings, you know, the, our professor or whatever, there's this way that it's all part of that cycle of abdicating responsibility because you are really the one who knows what you need to do. 100%.
1: That's the biggest thing I've learned this year is no matter who I hire, what coach or course or program or whatever I take, they always are saying something to me or reflecting something back to me that deep down, I already knew I just needed that clarification or that guidance. So I'm glad you are also saying the same thing. I have two more questions. One of them is selfish. I want to know if your guides have popped in at all during this interview and given you any guidance for me. (laughs)
0: yes they they have and this is so funny what is that movie they just showed me a really they've been like showing me this energetically but they just showed me a clip from um that movie the family stone do you know what i'm talking about it stars um sarah jessica parker and um one of the wilson brothers is in it it's a very like sweet silly slapstick style romantic comedy and there's this moment where she is walking down the stairs, or something, and Diane Keaton is in it too. It's a very good movie. I'm a sucker for a rom com, <laughs> but one of them in the family like looks at her. She's this very buttoned up, really beautiful, like woman with a really good, successful career. Sarah Jessica Parker, and one of them, I think it's the one of the um, Wilson brothers, is just like let your freak. Flag fly. Let that freak flag fucking fly. He's like, girl, you are trying to like pass as a normal. (laughs) You are a weirdo at heart. And Chelsea, I'm just going to tell you, I think that there's this way that your guides are really calling you to say, yes, you are this like super polished, really beautiful human. And there are these ways that you are not like anybody else. And that is to to the point of like the vulnerability and like sharing that stuff. You have this, you should watch that movie. It's very cute. but, um, But yeah, they're saying, let it Let it out. My jaw was like
1: on the floor. And the reason I was freaking out was because I had an Akashic records reading. It was actually the same week that you and I had our session. And she, the very first thing she said was, my guides are telling you to let your freak flag fly. She said that exact sentence. That's why I just said, <laughs> that's why my jaw just like hit the ground. I was like, how many times could I hear this? And she said her guide showed up with like this weird outfit and like a top hat. And she was like, what are you wearing? And he's like, this is just the vibe I want to tell her. Like wear something different. Do your hair, like something like that. I was like, this is wild that you just said the same thing.
0: I am a comically clear channel. Things have happened to me in my life where like some friends of mine got secret married. It wasn't, it was, they were punks, So they just were like, not, you know, they get married for like practical purposes. Anyway, we were standing on the driveway, a group of my friends and I, we were about to go on a trip and I heard one of them say to another friend of mine, can you sign this document? It was like all very quiet and there was no like fanfare or anything. I saw that it was a marriage certificate. I could not be cool about it. I because I'm such a sucker again. Of course this story is coming through in reference to the rom-com that I just brought up. And I like whipped my head around and I was like, "You two got married?" And they were like, <laughs> "Which?" What are you even talking about? And they were like, "We did. How did you? Of course, you know." Like my friends were not like that. That group of my friends were not like super spiritual people, but they also knew that I was like a weirdo, and I can just—it's—and—and and your guides are really funny, Chelsea, because your guides are also very like. Your guides are like my guides in this way where they're very like showboaty and silly, like the top oh my hat God. and the whole thing. They actually showed me your nails. This is really funny. I'll just tell you this too. They showed me your nails, which are beautiful, by the way. I do not have my nails done right now, but that's like related to moving and whatever. Um, they showed me your nails with like a French tip with like a leopard print French tip. Love that. Of just like... Amping, you know, just like leaning more into just like truly like whatever. There's this way that we've been taught also that like pleasure and beauty and like yes. femininity are something to be suppressed and ignored and it's frivolous and blah, 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 blah. That is such fucking dumb garbage. It's dumb yeah, garbage. It's so dumb. I, it's so dumb and they also really want you to just like own that part of you that like you do possess that like there is this way that for people who chose to incarnate into like physically beautiful bodies that is part of your gift is like there's something about physical everyone is physically beautiful but there is a way that like you carry yourself and that your physical presence actually helps people feel like calmer and more comfortable and that it makes it so that you're able to then like talk about the really hard stuff that you have created essentially like a it's an opening Mm, and wow. that is another thing that they want to say to you so those are your. <laughs> that is nuts
1: because I'm pulling I was like on my phone pulling something up and this is the picture I saved the other day it's actually the tips are zebra and I was trying oh, to find like leopard or cow print or something and I couldn't so I tried to show the lady that and I could not find the leopard one and I was like oh I don't know if she can do it so I went with this these ones but it's so funny that that's what you said because I was like I really want like animal print
0: Tips so now I'm getting
1: that next time that's happening
0: <laughs> oh my god I love it I love it and just to be clear you guys Chelsea's nails look fantastic right now She's got <laughs> a black French tip which is a move I love that's a real love power it. move the oh, black French you. tip is like a power move I love it that is hilarious that you actually say that is uh, your guides are really that's one thing too that you like I am amazed and I mean you and I did a session with each other and so I was able to like tap into a lot of stuff but there's this way that you don't even when you think about connecting to your ancestors, like you already are doing the fact that I can hear them so clearly. And you know, that woman, like there's this way that like you're just already right there.
1: Mm, Yeah, I think I almost know that. And it's like, I need to go, like you said, set aside time in the morning to talk to them to meditate to pray to automatic write. Whatever it is, I think I just put that to the side, but it's something I really want to tap into more because I do think it's also a, a piece of me that I can integrate into my work and help people. Like Once I really have my spiritual team backing me and I feel connected to them... It's it's a whole different ball game. So yeah, I feel like we could go on a whole tangent down that. Path, oh, but. <laughs> I could talk to you forever. You oh, are. No. <laughs> I loved this so much. This was so much fun. Oh my god, so much fun! And I have one final question that I ask all yeah. my guests. This podcast is called, in my non-expert opinion, clearly you're an absolute expert in the spiritual realm and being connected to source. But what is something that you're not an expert in that you wish you were?
0: Oh, God, this is like so clownish. But I just talked about you flying your freak flag. So I will just say that I have had my eyes on adult tap shoes. This is going to be ridiculous.
1: Oh, I love it. I love it. Obviously, it's
0: already ridiculous. But I have seen myself. I took dance for a long time when I was a little kid. I was not very I'm not. I'm not like technically good. And I, because I have some neuro with the dyslexia, I get really confused and goofy, but I am really good at just like the intuitive movements. So I am no expert whatsoever, but I want to learn quote unquote, learn. I want, I'm buying tap shoes this month. And Love so that. I will, that is my newest thing is that I'm going to be integrating my deeply non expert tap dancing skills. I do these, um, I've been doing them live in my Facebook group, but I do these, like, I don't even know how to explain what they are. They're like, it's like, tony robbins meets jazzercise from the 80s (laughs) i like go live and i do like these crazy like channeled movements and i play 1970s rock and like weird like disco and all kinds of different like things that you wouldn't necessarily think of using to work out and the tap dance the tap dancing those shoes are about to become part of that so yeah i'm I'm really excited I am excited, too. I can't wait. I really incarnated to be a profoundly silly source of inspiration because me tap dancing my way into people's hearts helps them remember how sacred of an experience we have oh, on this land Oh, I love planet. that. I
1: am so excited to see more of that come through. So thank you for sharing. And I know people are going to want to work with you. So how can they get in touch with you? Tell us how we can find you on social and everything.
0: Oh, yes. I am on Instagram and Clubhouse at cwitchery, Witchery, which with an E-R-Y at the end of it. My business is called We Are Here to Remember. And my website is weareheretoremember.com. And it's a number two everything is like wordy and whatever thing, but it's all channeled. <laughs> it helps people remember things. So I do for now during the month of October, I'll still be doing single sessions. Starting in November, I'm going to be moving into no more single sessions, longer term things. And I have a, oh, my first container, my first group container, I've been doing one-on-one mentoring with people for months to re- really remarkable effect. But I am launching a group container called Angelic Alchemy Academy. It can- Kicks off November 5th. It goes through January 7th. So it's going to be a two-month container to help us get through those winter months. And it's really going to be about all of these new earth codes that I have been getting since I was a kid. And transmitting them to the people who end up joining Angelic Alchemy Academy. I'm such a nerd, Chelsea. I have created a syllabus of like books and it. movies and music and podcasts. It's like when you when you work with me, you just end up getting like so much stuff stuff that I can't even like make tangible but um those are really good ways to to check me out and I'm going to be running a challenge starting I don't know when this will come out but I am running a challenge next week that I'm going to be offering a really big discount to everybody who participates in so I will honor that same discount for anyone of the listeners who wants to join angelic alchemy academy i will give you the pre-sale um so just email me andrea at we are here to remember um i've got a free book on a free facebook group too by the same name so yeah find me um because i really i'm here to help everyone on this planet remember how beautiful things can be always. And I look forward to seeing who ends up finding me.
1: Oh my gosh. That is so incredible. Well, thank you so much. I absolutely enjoyed this conversation and I can't wait to stay connected. Yes. Same. Thank you so much. Well, that's a wrap on this week's episode. I hope you found a ton of value by listening to Andrea's advice and guidance. She is such a wealth of knowledge. Be sure to check out the show notes and follow her and book her for a reading. She clearly is tapped into her spirituality and can help you find purpose or guidance in life. If you're a fan of this podcast and found value from this episode, a review is greatly appreciated. It is basically the currency for podcasters. We do these every single week for free. And so a review is basically the exchange that makes our day. You can go ahead to Apple Podcasts and just scroll down to write a review, take a screenshot and send it into info at ChelseaRife.com or at Chelsea Rife, And you'll be entered into a giveaway to win a year long subscription to open a year long. Okay. That is massive. So again, just take a screenshot, send it to info at ChelseaRife.com or at ChelseaRife. And two people will be picked at the end of the month to win this year long subscription. Be sure to follow Andrea. Be sure to follow myself at ChelseaRife and at non-expert opinion pod. And as always, thank you so much for listening. It means the world and I will see you next week.